Playlist and Games Cast, episode 130. My name is Jeffrey Moist. <laughs> Moist. <laughs> Moist. Oh, wow. My name is Jeffrey Morse, and I'm here with Nathan Wagner joining me here today. Man, Nathan, you're the one who's supposed to make a mistake at the beginning of the show. I'm usually the one who got it down. Hey, hey, I will take anyone else screwing up instead of me any day of the week. That, that's what we get for taking a week off right there. Um, yep. But uh, no, we, we do, uh, as you may have noticed, we took last week off the show. We do have a little bit of announcements to make here uh, today. Just that uh, we're going to be switching up the format of the show um, up into a bi-weekly um, recording show. So you know, normally we've been doing you know one episode a week for nearly three years now it's been a while um, yeah we've been pretty consistent yeah so 129 episodes but uh from here on we're going to be switching it to uh bi-weekly and just kind of the reasoning behind that is um we just thought we'd be able to deliver um better quality content as well as just you know making sure that we have enough time to um, you know, record the show, get everything's edited and published, and you know, um, it was great this last week since we didn't record. We actually all three, like me, Nathan, and Rob, got to sit down and we all played video games together, like online. Like we played Apex, and Rob loved it, and it was super fun. And you know, it'll, it'll give us a little bit more time to actually hang out and play games rather than just talking about games, which you know, <laughs> we, we like to do as well. But um, yeah, and so. When we say bi-weekly, we mean once every other week. Um, I don't know about anyone else out there, but I always get confused when bi comes into effect. Yeah, it could be that's, like that's good point. two times a week or once no. every other month, every other week, excuse me. So yeah, I think we'll be recording every other week. week was the right and... words. Thanks for the correction there. <laughs> but every other week, every other week, <laughs> yeah. we'll be hitting you guys up with the new episode. So um, look for uh, the next episode, not next week, but the week after, you know, towards the uh, the middle of the, the uh, month of, of May. And there. I think the other thing important to note is that hopefully it'll mean that uh, we'll kind of be just be talking about more of the big news stories versus kind of, you know, yeah. some weeks there's times where we're like, what should we talk about? I don't know. And we're trying to figure out topics and stuff like that. So I think that it'll br exactly. bring a renewed enthusiasm and passion for the show as well. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's a, it'll be a change for the better. So uh, we appreciate you guys understanding and uh, sticking with us. And hopefully you guys will continue to enjoy the show. Anyways, on with the show. We're going to have uh, four awesome segments for you guys today. Um, segment one, as always, will be news. And, uh, you know, we wanted to give you guys a quick update on Apex Legends. Like I said, uh, we got Rob to play it this last week. And, you know, Rob not being a multiplayer or, you know, Battle Royale guy or anything. And all three of us went in. We, we had a couple really good rounds. I think we, we made a podium finish once where we got third. Um, and Rob said he really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I haven't been playing it quite as much, you know, since that first launch week, but it is doing really well, Nathan. Like, how many people are playing this game now? Yeah, so Rob contrib contributed this number. Uh, it has hit, they announced on Twitter, it has hit 50 million players uh, in just over one month of uh, being out in the wild. Yeah. Which is, I think the last time we talked about this, it was at 25 million. So it's doubled even that since then. And, you know, the more players you get, kind of the harder it is to get even higher, right? That's kind yeah, of the, exactly. the rule of uh, diminishing returns. But that is just insane. Yeah. I mean, I know it's, you know, different, different market instead of everything, but this is, you know, something that it took, you know, Fortnite over uh, five months to hit, you know, this 50 million. So it's doing very, very well in the current market. It's, already starting to make Fortnite kind of adjust. They just launched their new season and they've added in pinging and, um, you know, there's evidence in the game that they're going to be adding, you know, respawn areas as well. So, you know, just what a, what a great success this has been for EA and, you know, respawn. Yeah. And, you know, I posted on, posted on Twitter earlier, you know, out of the two games that EA put out this month, like who would have thought the free to play Fortnite competitor game that was announced and released on the same day would have been, the better game out of that versus Anthem, yeah. you know, which is the big Bioware game that has way more money put into it and years of marketing. And so just kind of crazy how, how yeah. well Apex is doing for EA and, you know, presumably saving them from a very bad quarter that would happen with this. Yeah, Anthem exactly. Debacle. Like EA has to be thanking their lucky stars that if they put out Apex when it did and what it's doing, because our next news story is actually a, another downer story on Anthem. So, I think last time we recorded the show we were talking about early impressions and since then it's come out it's metacritic is like at 60 percent now and uh officially bioware's worst rated morning. game even worse than adromeda yes. 
Yeah. So um, we're recording this on March 5th, and I think it was yesterday morning that uh, Jason Schreier from Kotaku reported that um, Anthem is uh, crashing um, people's PS4s. Like, when they're playing the game, it'll just kind of kick them out to the home menu or just, like, freeze their PS4 completely, and they have to hard reset. And uh, there's even a report of, like, one person who, like, said their console was bricked and it, like, wouldn't turn on anymore because of Anthem. So yeah. I mean, and if, if, you've ever, just... if you've ever had your PS4, like, turn off, like when you know it wasn't supposed to <laughs> like it's like your your PS4 gets very outrageous. angry yeah, and it has to like repair things and like there's a chance it could corrupt your save data and has to you know it takes a really long time to boot back up and stuff too so like this isn't just you know a simple crash that oh you know the game crashed you know no man's sky did that to me multiple times you know the first month that that game was out but never have really had a game that has hard crashed me out of my entire system that i've had to like unplug it from the wall before really so that is, yeah, that is definitely not good. Like the, <laughs> I mean, the, the crazy thing to me is EA said this game was ready to come out last year in the fall, and they're like, oh, we're not delaying it to February because you know there's bugs or you know we need to to make it better or polish it up. It's we just don't want it to compete with Battlefields. We thought February would be a perfect time, and you know the game is pretty much already done, and you know here we are with bugs that were in the beta that are still in the real game and. You know, they, they got really bad press uh, last week as well because they banned one of their biggest Twitch streamers playing the game because he was using an ultimate exploit to defeat a boss. And basically, you just kept doing the, like, ultimate move, like, over and over so you could, like, kill a boss quicker. And he did that one time yeah. on his uh, stream. And, you know, this isn't a PvP game, right? You, like, he's not going in and killing other people online and increasing his KD, you know, or using aimbot or something. But he did use this glitch that was in the game from ever since the beta that EA and Anthem didn't, the devs didn't fix. And then they permanently banned his account. <laughs> and then after he got like 2 million views making a video about it, they've now like said, oh, it's just going to be a two-week ban. But, you know, what happens to all the players who use that and got banned and aren't big streamers who are permanently banned? So, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I am totally for banning people who cheat and use like exploits, but like, in a game that's PvE and you're just doing an exploit in the game to increase your whatever, like I don't think that should be a bannable offense. Like you need to fix <laughs> your game because people will find the most efficient way to like loot or do whatever in your game, and if it's an exploit, people will do it, and you shouldn't punish players for yeah being exactly. Efficient. <laughs> like you should just eventually, you know, when you have time, go and fix it and, and fix that in a patch yeah. versus saying hey you like, can't play this game anymore. Because... Yeah, like you, can you imagine Bungie, uh, you know permanently banning all the people who did the loot cave farming like when destiny one first came out yeah like every literally that was like every single person who was playing that yeah. game was doing that at one point yeah it so. was a quick way to farm and level up and it was not what the devs intended they patched it out but they weren't gonna ban people permanently for it so i don't know just I, it, ea can't buy good press right now with anthem no anthem is uh it's not doing well i Definitely, I'm glad I didn't get sucked into the hype train. Like yeah. I kind of started getting sucked into it right before yeah, the that, the beta first, came out, and then I played the beta, so cool, and I was right? like, "Yeah." And I played the beta, and I was like, "Oh, actually, this game doesn't seem that fun, and it seems like there's a bunch of technical problems." So I'm like, "Maybe I'll wait six months and then you know <laughs> play it." And at this point, I'm like, uh, I "Don't yeah. really think I'm interested anymore." Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, EA is able to turn things around with make that into a better product but uh anyways we're going to move on to our next news story which is um we have some uh fresh xbox rumors coming at you um where there's been some reports that um microsoft is looking at bringing xbox game pass um to the nintendo switch um as well as uh publishing both cuphead and ori um on the nintendo switch as well um and you know cuphead and ori are two of the uh, best kind of well-received uh, Xbox exclusive like indie type games, right? They they funded both of those games as part of their indie uh, partners program. Um, I have both of them. Those are two of the first games I bought when I got my Xbox One. I I love both of those games a lot. And it would be great to you know have them on Switch. But um, I'm just going to read this quote from Phil Spencer, you know, head of Xbox, because um, I think this quote kind of gives a little bit of uh, validity to you know this rumor where he was quoted um, recently saying, we want to bring Game Pass to any device that somebody wants to play on. Not just because it's our business, but really because the business model allows for people to consume and find games that they wouldn't have played in any other space. So 
you know, this is something we talked about a lot last year where Microsoft is pushing away from Xbox as a console and more just as Xbox, you know, specifically Game Pass as a platform. Um, yeah. You know, and I could totally see them once they get xCloud running, you know, they've shown, they showed in their initial reveal, you know, you could play your Xbox games on an iPhone or a tablet or, you know, a desktop, like any really device really being able to do it. And so I don't really think it's too far-fetched to think that they could get it to run on Switch. Um, that being said, xCloud is not, like, it's not even close to its beta form yet. Like, that's supposedly coming at the end of this year. So if this is happening, yeah. it's very early in the works and would not be, you know, really accessible till probably at least 2020, you would think. But um, Yeah, I think, um, and there, there was some other rep- kind of some conflicting reports. Uh, there was a report from uh, uh, Gadgets360.com and citing you know, sources that said, hey, uh, Xbox Game Pass could be coming to Switch soon. And they said, we've heard from our source that, you know, this is something that Xbox is looking at, but it's not something that's going to be happening any time soon. And yeah. they would be surprised if there was an announcement made this yeah. this year that this would be happening. So, which I think makes a lot of sense. Like, as exciting as this potentially could be, like, like still still hold hold on to your horses. <laughs> you know, it's not, not going to be happening anytime soon. Like, they're going to get it running up on, you know, tablets and phones and desktops before they get running on switch you would think um, yeah but exactly. you know with microsoft and, and nintendo know, both working playing with nintendo, nice recently like it yeah. doesn't seem like it could be too far-fetched right like if this rumor was happening for game pass to be on playstation like you would think those two companies probably would not get along as much as nintendo and microsoft yeah. you know seem to well and with the uh with the switch being made on what is it um is it nvidia i forget which one it is but you know it's like a a tablet based yeah. Um, I think heart uh, motherboard or whatever it's called. I I forget the name of it, but it's it's based off a pr- prior tablet. It's not like Nintendo's uh, mm-hmm. uh, own technology or something like that. So it makes more sense that it, they could potentially get it up and running on the yeah. Switch. You know, and for me personally, I'm not super excited about this because you know I already have the Xbox. You know, I play Game Pass on there all the time. Like it's it's a great service. I love Game Pass, but just I'm getting excited just because it'll get more games onto the Switch where. You know, I have so many friends and so many Switch owners who, you know, don't have a Xbox or don't even have really any other system to play on. You know, I, I can think of, you know, a couple of friends who have a Nintendo Switch but don't have a PS4, PC, or Xbox. And just the amount of quality third-party content that's on Game Pass um, is awesome, right? Because you have so many different options from, like, sport games to racing games to shooters and stuff. You know, I was, I was talking to a friend the other day, like, the Switch doesn't really have any good shooters right there's there's doom and wolfenstein and that's pretty much about it you know just adding game pass you get every single halo game on the switch like that's awesome right you have halo 3 on 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 the switch how, how cool would that be to play that online on a on a handheld device and you have all the gears of war games you have you know forza Horizon forge one of the best racing games ever like it would just be so cool to see all these different games um come to the switch because you know, even like the Tomb Raider games, they're on Game Pass. And to be able to put those on Nintendo hardware where a lot of people haven't had a chance to play those games um, would be cool because it's all streaming, right? So those games wouldn't be able to come to Switch any other way without Game Pass. So I, I hope it comes uh, just if, for that If it reason. happens, I'm going to I'm gonna give credit to uh, Damon Baker who just moved over from uh, Nintendo's oh, like, yeah. third-party relations <laughs> to uh, Xbox. Yeah, and uh, say so it's, it's all up to him. It was it was part of a part of a deal, right? They, they give up Baker and they get Game Pass next year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but but yeah, no, I I think it's exciting if if uh, ends up uh, coming true. And you know, uh, the the more rumors we hear with Microsoft and Nintendo working together behind the scenes, just makes me more hopeful we might get Banjo Kazooie and Smash. So that that's really what I hope for right there. Like, <laughs> that, you know, that that's what you're hoping for. With that. At this point, like it's well, not going to be too surprising a... to hear rumors that Phil Spencer is going to appear on Nintendo's like E3 show or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of thought it was going to happen last year and they would announce Banjo for Smash, but didn't happen. So hey, we'll it, it, could, it could happen this year, especially since Sony's not going to be there, right? You you got to think. Microsoft and Sony or Nintendo might take a like couple of stabs, yeah, at, at Sony not being there because they have no games. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, let's move on to our main news story of the week. Um, some some kind of sad news uh, has come out that uh, Reggie Fizami, the uh, president of Nintendo America, um, is retiring. He is officially kind of just stepping down from his role as president and uh, handing over the the chain of command to Bowser. <laughs> 
I mean, I mean that, that's it's true. Not a great he, he, look, but uh, good for Reggie. I mean, Reggie and Bowser have had a had a long, you know, hard relationship over the years. Um, they've fought. Reggie's, you know, defeated him in many a games. But no, no, that the new president of Nintendo, his name is Doug Bowser. Um, he's he's worked at Nintendo for the last couple of years, and he's kind of been. It sounds like from the announcement they put out, he's been kind of really working very closely with Reggie, and he was in charge of you know all the kind of the marketing and stuff for the Nintendo Switch, which yeah, he was like VP of marketing and operations or something like that. Yeah, which you know, if you look at you know his last couple of years he's been at Nintendo, you gotta think, oh man, Doug Bowser's had a pretty good success rate with <laughs> the last four years. Like Nintendo has done an amazing job with the Switch marketing, and it's you know one of their best selling consoles at this point. So um, I think. You know, Doug Bowser will do fine. He'll be good. I hope that he starts to, you know, be a little bit more public with, you know, maybe popping up in directs and different stuff like that because, you know, that's really what I loved so much about Reggie as president of Nintendo. He was very, very, you know, direct and communicating with the fans and very much in tune with, you know, what the fans wanted. And, you know, whenever you saw Reggie on the screen at, you know, an E3 conference or direct or something, like, you you kind of just stopped and listened. You felt like it wasn't just like corporate speak to me, um, you know, listening to Reggie. Yeah, and I, I think he, he was kind of the first person, um, at least for, for Nintendo and especially Nintendo of America, um, when they hired him, they kind of, uh, from what I've seen, like kind of enge- embraced engaging the fans and having, you know, presidents, corporate presidents kind of come out and speak mm-hmm. to the fans and talk to them in their language and stuff like that, which I think was, you know, a big part of what he did when he first when he first was hired, I think it was 2004, he went on stage famously at E3 and was like, hey, my yeah. name is Reggie. I'm about, you know, taking names and um, kicking butt and stuff like that. And people um, like, who really is related this guy? To that. I thought like... it was, yeah, exactly. Like, this is exactly, this is the opposite of what we think of when we think of Nintendo. So yeah. I think, uh, I think Reggie will definitely be missed. My probably favorite Reggie memories is still the Reginator video that they did for E3. Like, <laughs> yes. like the Terminator. <laughs> Yeah, like the the fact that a, a president of a you know big international company, Nintendo of America, is willing to kind of embrace that and kind yeah, of just be you know, totally ridiculous, be and willing silly. to take a joke and make fun of himself is is a uh, really special. Yeah, you know, and in the the video at the E3 with him, you know, when they announced Smash uh, for Wii U, like doing like the insane kung fu slow motion fight with, you know, President Iwata from you know Nintendo of Japan and. Uh, I love the Reg. I think it was the, was it the Reginator video where he was like lifting weights for the Nintendo World Championship, and he had like <laughs> the Game Cubes, and he was training on the Virtual Boy to punch out music. And um, I mean, my personal favorite has to be his announcement of Donkey Kong Country Returns. Like I remember very vividly, it was like E3, I think it was 2011, where you know he talks about Retro Studios, so they did a great job with the Metroid Prime series, and they're now working on a new Nintendo franchise. And he goes, and if you listen carefully. You can hear it coming, and you hear the doom, 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 like the Donkey Kong bongo drum, <laughs> and the crowd just goes wild, and they show the you know, the new game, and like that, I just loved that reveal so much, and just like it was the perfect like, oh my gosh, like is this this is Donkey Kong? Yes, we're gonna need a new Donkey Kong, and it's not crap anymore. Like, so it it was it was a great moment, and you know Reggie will he put out this video. It's like three minutes long. Like you can watch it on it a very YouTube. Long video. Like yeah. what other like CEO of a company, like would put out a video that's three minutes long saying goodbye. Cause he's retiring. Like, and it feels totally appropriate. Like <laughs> Reggie, like if he just would have left and just put a presser and you know, it was done. Like it would have been weird. Like we needed this video to like say goodbye to, you know, this, this face we've come to know for over 15 years. And, as a big Nintendo fan, you know, it's kind of end of an era, but you know, it's, I think it's, you know, it was good, good, uh, good classy move. He had some really cool quotes in there about, you know, even though he's not president, he's still being a Nintendo fan forever and all this cool stuff. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, nothing but good things to really say about, about the Reginator. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, he's, uh, he deserves his retirement and, uh, hopefully he gets to spend some time with his family and, uh, Enjoy some time off. Maybe pl- maybe get better at Smash Bros. and come back in yeah. like four years and <laughs> play in the Invitational again. Exactly. He's like, what, what CEO of a company would challenge one of the best Smash Bros. players <laughs> in the world in a live tournament in front of you know thousands of people watching and get his butt kicked and fully admit it? Like you know that that takes some guts right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, we're gonna move into our main segment today, and uh, we're gonna be talking all about. Uh, 
what is probably the biggest news other than Reggie uh, his last two weeks, which is uh, a new Pokemon uh, game uh, got announced. Well, I mean, do you call it game or do you call it games? Because it's technically two games, but it's the same game. Uh, it's a new, I, I say <laughs> a new Pokemon game got announced. It's easier to okay, think of yeah. them as like, I you agree. know, one game eventually versus saying like games. And then you're like, oh, maybe it's a spinoff and another and a core Pokemon game or yes. something. Like so that. Nathan, so, g- give, the, us, the give, us the, give us the basic deets here. The basic deets are uh, Nintendo tweeted like a day before. They're like, hey, uh, we have uh, some new information on new Pokemon for you tomorrow morning. And we're releasing a seven-minute video. And so everyone woke up at 6 a.m. Pacific time and was like, (laughs) what's happening? Um, Or if not, you woke up and looked at the video when you woke up at your regular time. And basically, Nintendo did a full-on reveal. They had a, I think it was like a three-minute long video kind of showcasing uh, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Um... And showed off the uh, the environment, um, showed off uh, the three new starters, and then kind of showed off the game world, and really gave you a good look at the map and a couple other things. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a very more, nice reveal. The reveal is mostly like, just like you said; it was just kind of looking at the map. It's not they didn't really go into mechanics or you know, kind of like, like a lot of Nintendo directs do when they kind of show games. You know, they kind of have a, a voiceover kind of explaining things. Like it wasn't really that; it was just very just hey, here's some game gameplay footage of the map here's some of the new starters and you know we only saw those three new pokemon so it's very kind of initial reveal I, there's definitely a lot more info to still come but yeah for sure but i i thought it was better than like i think i remember when they revealed sun and moon like they showed mm-hmm. off like some concept art and stuff like that yeah. and then didn't really do a <laughs> it was full not reveal, concept then... art we got footage which was yeah, good it, it wasn't great so they showed off the full game they showed off a couple of mechanics like you know uh, random encounters are coming back. It looks like the Pokemon aren't going to be. So there are some things from Let's Go that they confirmed that um, you know weren't going to be happening, which I think you know some people were obviously happy about, and some people were maybe sad about. But Wait, uh, that was that was a are, good. Are people overall. really sad that random encounters are are back? Like that was one of the best things they did in Let's Go, and, and you know, and what I've what I've played with it, and random encounters seems like such like a, a like an old. 80s 90s like rpg thing like do people still do people really prefer that in pokemon games i'm sure there's like actually i don't know because i i was like what about you who was really upset when they they announced it but after playing pokemon let's go pikachu like i've really enjoyed kind of being able to like i missed the there was a little bit of nostalgia like oh i missed like getting in a battle and being like oh what did what is it maybe it's like a really good rare pokemon spawn (laughs) yeah um but at the same time, most of the time, I know I'll go in and be like, oh, crap, it's like another Butterfree or, yes. you know, another Kakuna <laughs> or whatever. But it's not the Pikachu I was looking yeah. for. And so um, I think overall, I am a little bit sad to see random encounters, encounters return. But Nintendo had talked about, I kind of expected it because Nintendo had talked about, hey, we're making this core Pokemon game and we're not going to, you know, incorporate some of the changes from Pokemon mm-hmm. Go games and stuff like that. So yeah. it makes sense. Well, uh, I, I think we should maybe start with the starters real quickly because we got our three new starters. It's fire, water, and uh, a grass, you know, a, as usual. And they've only shown, you know, the three starting forms. So I'm, I assume we'll see, you know, kind of the final evolutions closer to uh, to the release of the game. Yeah. But um, who's who's your favorite starter out of the three? Who, who you uh, who you lean um, towards? Initially, I was like, I really like Sobble just because he looks kind of really funny and he's like his name is Sobble. Like he <laughs> looks very timid Sobble. and scared and like, he's like a little he, like water lizard thing. And stuff like that. Yeah. He's a, he's a water Pokemon he's thing. Cute, yeah. Um, uh, but I also really like Kruki. Like he's a monkey kind of a, like a monkey yeah, inspired a grass, grass monkey. Pokemon. And he looks really, you know, kind of entertaining and, um, looks really, really funny. So I kind of like him. Um, I was kind of disappointed by the fire starter, which is score bunny. Um, and you know, it looks fine. Like it, the design is, is fine but mm. i didn't think it was anything too crazy and i can already see it being another firefighting type which is like what so many of the yeah we've seen that <laughs> starter a lot. fire pokemon eventually evolve into and i'm not excited about that yeah i mean that that's that's where i am too are i'm fine with all three of the designs i think i'm i'm leaning towards crookie too because you know it's a l- little monkey thing even though i don't normally you know pick the grass types but um yeah i'm thinking more of like what, what are the final evolutions gonna be and i'm thinking okay Kruki's probably going to turn into, like, this, like, big, like, grass, like, gorilla monster, and it's going to be awesome. So I'm really hoping, uh, 
uh, Kruki uh, ends up being the coolest of the three because I think he has the yeah, most Yeah, I think I think you always have to wait and see what the final evolutions are before you can you know make a pick on yeah. what. It's hard to say. Hey, I'm definitely gonna pick this one. Some people are like that, but that's not me. Yeah. But uh, initial impressions, I think Kruki looks um, uh, just the the most fun design. Yeah. So so Nathan, you're a bigger Pokemon fan than I am. You know, I I've yes. kind of dabbled in and out of the. The Pokemon series, um, but you you've played most of the generations. And looking at this new generation of Pokemon, like what are some of like your immediate takeaways? So um, I thought the world looked really good in HD. Like I I loved um, just how I don't know. I thought I thought it looked really good overall. It was better than I was expecting. The camera, while the camera wasn't full 3D, it did look like there was some more. Di- it was a little bit more dynamic and it, it showed off more than some of the previous 3ds pokemons so i thought the world design um and the hd all looked really good and i thought it looked like basically kind of what i was expecting which was an hd no new pokemon there'll be new i'm sure there'll be new um things to make us want to play and then there'll be new pokemon and you're going to explore explore a whole new region and so i i was i'm uh like pretty excited for this game not super hyped or over the top or anything like that but mm. I, it made me be like hey i think i'm probably going to pre-order this before my best buy uh game pass oh, expires yeah. in june okay well that's interesting because i'm I, at first when i saw it, i'm like oh it looks, looks cool then it, the kind of more i kind of looked at it and watched i'm kind of just like this i mean it looks fine like it doesn't look like it's doing anything that is going to make me interested in this um, because, you know, being someone who got back into Pokemon with X and Y when they made the full jump into 3D um, on the 3DS, and then, you know, I, I tried Pokemon Sun and Moon, and I, I couldn't do it. Like, the nostalgia had already worn off for me, and it just felt very similar to X and Y, and I didn't really, you know, enjoy going through everything again. And seeing this one, like, I feel like it, I'm going to have the same problem where it's, you know, there there's definitely going to be some improvements. There's things we don't know about yet, obviously, but... So far in what I've seen, it doesn't really look like it's that big of a step up from what I played in Sun and Moon, which I didn't like. So I'm I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm thinking the Pokemon series is just yeah. playing everything too safe. And the main core games are, they aren't going to change the formula or change what you're doing, even though, you know, it has happened, you know, what, how many times? 10, 15 times since yeah. the original I did think, games. So... <laughs> You played a you, you played a little bit of Sun, right? And yeah, I you know played how about Sun, they, they did away hours. with the traditional gyms and they did the what were they called? <laughs> Sorry, I, f- I forget what they were called, but the <laughs> you went to like challenges. It was like a forest or, or something, yeah. And you had gyms. a challenge. Yeah, like, the, like a... they kind of incorporated some more puzzles. You had to do other things besides just battle trainers yeah. and. It was like um, a mini dungeon without and... any real puzzle solving, kind of. Yeah, and there was um, and people didn't really like that. Like people were like, "Hey, we kind of miss traditional dun- um, traditional gyms." And so now in this one, they showed a gym, and it's they're going back to what it was before, just kind of traditional gyms. Um, you're just gonna be battling Pokemon. It looks like. Um, so I thought it was interesting that something that they had tried in Sun and mm-hmm. Moon in the last generation of Pokemon didn't work well. And now they're going back to what they had done originally. So, I think, you know, I think they are definitely playing it safe. Um, but for me, I think the the HD-ness and just the world in general looks good <laughs> enough for me to be like, yeah. yes, I'm in and I'm on board. But if you are someone who was like, like there was a lot of people and I think this kind of was unfairly associated, like a lot of the Switch games, like Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, obviously Breath of the Wild was the first one, mm. like took a core Nintendo game and kind of changed the formula or just yes. made it a lot yeah, better exactly. in some way. Or in, like, took, so took people, risks. I think some people, yeah, took risks. So people were hoping to see that in the next Pokemon game for Switch. And this definitely isn't that. Yes, every every game that comes to Switch is not going to take bold risks like uh, Breath of the Wild did. You know, <laughs> look at uh, you know something like you know, even Mario Tennis Aces and the new Mario Party game. Right, those are very much just kind of return to form. You know what people like and expected. Um, but for me, you know, like I've played almost every Mario Party game and every Mario Tennis game, so I'm like, oh sweet, you know that's for me. And I think that's going to be the same with this Pokemon game, right? For people who have buy Pokemon every year or, you know, haven't played Pokemon in a really long time. Um, I think this game is going to be great. And they're going to love that type of game, but you know, it's not going to try any of those risks. And I think that, I think the frustrating thing to me is, is the Pokemon company has gotten into this cycle where 
every year they're expected you know put out a new core pokemon game they're putting it's... some kind of pokemon game out like last year they put out let's go the year before yeah. that they did ultra sun and ultra moon and the year before that it was sun and moon so they've gotten on this yearly development cycle yeah. it's a yearly development cycle and like it's either putting out a version two versions already and then usually they go again and then you know they do an ultra version or you know an, another color or whatever it is to put out you know kind of a additional version with more content or whatever it is and like you said, this annual cycle that I don't think really gives the franchise enough time to breathe, breathe and let, you know, the team really have enough time to really develop some new ideas and try maybe a different art style or try, you know, giving you more, a bigger world with, you know, more of a free roam on thing or, you know, try different ideas with, you know, where the Pokemon are, or the environments and stuff, because, you know, the it seems like the basic really gameplay and loop of the Pokemon games has remained pretty much the same. Um, and I don't see yeah, this I, ever I, changing I, because it's such easy money and they know they can put one to two, you know, pretty much the same Pokemon games out every year. Everyone will still buy them and there'll be, you know, 10 million sellers and, you know, it's never going to change, which makes me, makes me kind of sad. Yeah, I, th I think, and that's kind of the, the place they're stuck in, right, is the fact that they can, especially on the Switch, like, people are... I saw a couple of people online being like, "Oh man, I don't like this. I don't like the look of this game. It doesn't look good enough. This game isn't going to sell well, etc." Like, that's well, it will sell crazy. Well. <laughs> like, a remake of Pokemon Yellow basically came out last year and sold over tell me ten million copies in yeah. like a month and a half <laughs> or something like that. So, Sword and Shield is a new generation of Pokemon on the Switch, yeah. Nintendo's most successful console. Remember in how, how much long? negative reception like let's go got when it was first announced and all the Pokemon fans that they weren't going to buy. And like, here we are later. It's like yeah. the third best selling game on switch or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So sword and shield is going to be just fine, which, you know, from a business perspective means that they're, they're not playing it too safe. They're just, you know, capitalizing and making money where they see fit, but from a, you know, fan and in, um, critic perspective, I think it, it does play it a little bit too safe and, you know, I think the only way we're ever going to get that game that people want where, it, you know, maybe it takes more risks and maybe it does give you a fully controllable like 3D camera or MMO, something like that. MMO, like always online Pokemon game type thing where you are kind of always connected, doing tons of stuff with different people. You can party up and go on quests, like really embrace that multiplayer side of it and like actually let you play co-op with friends. I, it's something I think that I would be like stoked about. That's probably the one change I would bring. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that'll. I think the best you can hope for is maybe, maybe like a you know give you fully full control of yeah. the 3D camera and change some of the perspective. Yeah, and stuff I'm, like I'm that. not but expecting that. Let me you know, be clear. But they you need know, to take like, if I could yeah. bring one change, like that is what I would do. Like that would that's be, what you would do. That would be so amazing sure. to you know to see them really embrace that. You know, I was I was excited when they announced there would be co-op finally, like in like Pokemon Let's Go. And after playing it, like it's such a throwaway like mode. It's it's just a girlfriend mode, right? You. You hand the control to someone else. You start a battle. You both throw the little Pokemon ball at the same time, and the other person does literally nothing else for the most part. So, I would yeah, love to you see. You can't explore around. Yeah, I would love to see a full-fledged co-op, you know, multiplayer Pokemon game. But is is there a is there a change that you would really hope that would, you know, that is coming either in this game or you know in a future um, Pokemon game that you would hope that they would make? Um, I think for me it would just be giving me a, a fully controllable 3d camera like instead yeah. of having a fixed camera in in a space where you know they kind of mess with it in sun and moon and it looks like they'll be do it in sword and shield as well where it'll sometimes change based on perspective and yeah. what's happening with a cutscene or something like that um allowing me to kind of spin it around and see the full world and look at pokemon from different angles and mm. stuff like that i think that would be that would be really cool and that would be a big um yeah. something that i would be really excited about yeah, no, it would, it would bring more more life to the world for sure, make it feel more like a console yeah. game, right? This is this is another. I think people's expectations, um, you know, like like mine were a little bit higher because you know this was really the first core console Pokemon game that we've seen, right? Like every console Pokemon game is, you know, things like Pokemon have been Fighters or Pokemon Stadium, which is you know just the battle part of Pokemon or you know other other games. So I think seeing this on a console uh, my hope is you know i know they're not going to but i wish they would just take a couple years off you know pull an assassin's creed odyssey or origins and you know really rethink a lot of things and bring it bring back uh pokemon on a console experience with you know maybe a new art style and other new ideas but 
Um, I, it got me thinking a little bit. What is a feature from a past Pokemon game that you would bring back um, into this one? From a past Pokemon game? Yeah, like it's, so it could be any game, uh... not, not just like a core Pokemon game. Like, like yeah. for example, you could put in a Pokemon Snap uh, you know, levels for each city you went to. Something <laughs> like that, right? Uh, what is something you yeah, would I, I wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd, they had something kind of like that in Sun and Moon, and I thought it was annoying. So... <laughs> Uh, I think what I would do, I have I have two things. I thought the um, ability to kind of search for Pokemon in Omega Ruby and uh, Alpha Sapphire, which would allow you to, you could see something kind of moving in the cross and you could go over. And then um, depending on how much you had upgraded a, forget what it was called, but a certain uh, item you had in the game, mm-hmm. you could kind of look at it at what Pokemon it was, what its um, stats were and stuff like that. And then you mm-hmm. could decide based on that, whether to catch it or not. So I think bring back something like that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, it just kind of made Pokemon hunting a l- little bit more unique, especially since, you know, it seems like they are bringing back random encounters and stuff like that. I think that'd be nice. Uh, the other thing that I really wanted in um, uh, let's go Pikachu that I was sad didn't happen is I just want, uh, local multiplayer battles to be able to play like Pokemon mm. Stadium where yes. I can just pick my Pokemon <laughs> and battle with a friend like I just had so much fun doing that when I was six seven eight years old and then I went to college and like there was a period of time in college where like a bunch of our friends would would do that consistently and yeah. it's kind of hilarious <laughs> but also a lot of fun so I want that feature brought back in uh so wait, um, it, just the separate it, mode. And let's go. You could I, or you couldn't do local battles. You like, could not. Like you couldn't do local battles at all. I so was something. If I was we both really had a switch for. and a copy of the game, we can't battle each other unless we do go online. Oh, no, no, no. you could do local battles that way. Sorry, sorry. Okay. I meant like I want two people, on one, same, one on switch, same one copy of the game. Gotcha. Yeah, on the same screen. Okay, I was just clarifying there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank no, you. yeah, no. I, that is something that I totally would love to see back right because you remember like in pokemon stadium like it had all you know pretty much all the original 150 i think there weren't legendaries but like you know 146 or whatever it is there was um, the the you could pick the legendary birds but you couldn't pick Mewtwo. okay yeah um so you had pretty much all the pokemon accessible and there was just basically just a rental standard pokemon right where it came with a couple different moves and then you would just go through and each person would pick you know six pokemon and then you put them out in the battle and you just choose which three you did and yeah having those local battles was like you said it's still something that holds up and it's extremely fun to this day and you know with the switch that's something that you know they could still add to sword and in sh- uh, shield and i hope that they really do because you know a big thing with the switch is the two yeah, controllers like with the on focus the side, on right? switch and yeah and so like you know yeah and that'd much be something every... that's super easy to blend you don't need a bunch of buttons or anything like that yeah like practically every game outside of like splatoon and zelda that nintendo has published for the switch has had some type of you know two-player mode or something and i think that would be an incredible addition to add to uh to the new generation of pokemon um as well as the mini games you can't forget about the mini games you can't talk about pokemon stadium without <laughs> talking about those nine mini games that so much fun and and like you control licking tongues and eat sushi and listen to the crazy sushi man. You like jump with the magic carbs and you know, putting in like a little party party uh, mode with like, you know, a bunch of different random little Pokemon mini games, I think would also just add, you know, another reason for this, you know, for me to get this game. You know, hey, you know, let's play a couple we all love Pokemon, let's play these fun little, you know, mini games that have to do with Pokemon. Um, so I would love to see, you know, some more local multiplayer just like you're saying too that that would be awesome yeah but uh cool but yeah i think i think that kind of wraps up most of our uh conversations on here i think it's uh safe to say that these new games are very traditional and you know i think we're excited uh, to see more um i after you know kind of being let down by sun and moon i i think i still have a lot to be convinced by um in this yeah. game i i'd wish they'd at least done something like a different art style right <laughs> it, it looks very, I hope, uh, <laughs> very similar to what we've seen before with the same Pokemon models and everything. Like obviously it's an HD, it will look you know prettier and stuff, but not to the extent that all of my other Nintendo first party games look like. Yeah, you know? yeah. I uh, I kind of hope that they they the biggest thing I remember playing with with Moon specifically was they dragged the story out so much. Like they spent so much time trying to get you invested yeah. and interested yeah, in the story. I like invested in it I didn't all. get into whatever into like an actual, like, Hey, I'm leaving my house and doing my 
battling my first Pokemon until like 20 minutes after I started playing the game. So I hope mm. they streamline some of that stuff and make it less handholdy. Yes. Because I mean, that was just very frustrating. I mean, the story's never been a strong part of any Pokemon game, really. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just just let, let the person go out and explore and you know find things. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think of Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, which starter you like best? And hit us up with your thoughts at HeyListen underscore games on Twitter. Um, also, is anyone going to buy Shield? Like, who would buy a game that's a Shield over a sword? Like, you put a sword hey, in the Shield I, in front of someone. You're grabbing the sword. Swords are cooler. Someone put a someone put a poll. Excuse me, a poll on Twitter saying Sword or Shield right after, and I said Shield just because I usually try and go for the, <laughs> the less loved copy. Uh, you know that hipster guy who's like, oh, I'm gonna. This is the guy who bought Pikachu edition. Uh, okay, well, you know, <laughs> <a little> different. <laughs> let me just be inconsistent in my philosophy. <laughs> But uh, I have to wait and see the legendaries and stuff like that. But right now, I'll, I'll say I'm, I'm going to buy shield. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, at least there, there's one person right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, we're going to move on with the show. Um, we actually have some uh, indie reviews uh, to bring to you guys this week. Um, I've uh, been spending some time uh, the last two weeks uh, playing two different indie games. Um, so the first one is titled Almost There, The Platformer. Um, and uh, this game is actually published by um, the same team that did um, Tumblestone um, on uh, you know Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. Um, all platforms. And um, the head of that company, uh, his name is uh, Ty Ty Taylor. Um, I actually found out he was on the the Forbes like top thirty list, which is kind of cool. <laughs> uh, oh, the thirty under thirty. Yeah, list? thirty under thirty. That's what it is. But uh, nice. he, he uh, uh, sent me a review code uh, to review the game. And um, one interesting thing about this game is, you know, it's pretty much a, a uh, pretty much sticks right to its guns um, platformer game, um, similar to kind of in the vibe to something like uh, Super Meat Boy, right? Um, you're a little jumping cube, jumping through different levels. And this was made by primarily one developer. Um, um, I, I hope I don't butcher his name, but his name is Bonnie Yusuf. And uh, he's from Bangladesh. And this is, um, they said it's the first video game ever um, really made and published on modern consoles um, from from the country of Bangladesh. And so I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. First, yeah, console, that's first console game to ever release from Bangladesh. And so um, going into it, knowing, you know, it's kind of one uh, a one-man game. You know, I didn't have the highest expectations. Um, but being someone who has, you know, spent a ton of time playing platformer games, I was really excited to try out um, the difficulty in this game because, um, you know, basically the the description for the game is, hey, this is a tough as nails, you know, platformer. You're going between saw blades and homing missiles. And this was designed specifically for fans of the hardcore platforming genre. So, like, if you're just a fan of, like, Super Mario Run and you're like, oh, I just like playing very simple platformer games, like, don't this buy this game. game. It's not for you. Like, this yeah. is a game that, you know, it will start simple to – let you know the mechanics and then it very quickly starts ramping things up and um at the end of each level um basically you can challenge yourself by trying to get a three-star rating right so you finish the level based on your time you get a one-star two-star or three-star rating so there's times you know the levels aren't super long like they usually take less than you know 30 seconds yeah um that i find myself oh man i need to replay this level I was half a second away from getting three stars. I can totally shave that half second off, and you know, I kind of would go for does it. Does it again. tell you what? Uh, does it tell you what time you need to get yeah. each mm -hmm. star? Yeah. So That's when you nice. start the level, and then also when you finish it, you know, it'll it'll pop up the stars of what you got and show you what your time was and how far were you, you know, how, what you need to get for the other ones. So um, that that is kind of a nice feature where it gives it a lot of replayability, right? Because you can even if you've beaten every level, like you probably didn't two or three star all the levels, right? You could go back and yeah. you know try to try to improve and find the most efficient quick way through the different levels and um like i said i got a lot of any... vibes because you are just a cube like you're a jumping cube going through yeah. you run and you jump and that's pretty much your only move in your gameplay mechanics yeah um 
does it is it like Meat Boy in the fact that if you die or mess up that it responds to you almost instantly yeah. like it loads really quickly or does yes, it yes. take a couple seconds yeah when, when okay, you die good. that's that's it, the most important it thing. takes about one second to get your respawn back at the beginning so you can also i think i think the b button is mapped to just a quick restart so like let's say you're going and you're not going quite as quick as you want or you fell all the way down and you just want to restart the whole thing you just quick quick tap at the b button and you've reset right back from the beginning with a fresh timer um so yeah, that, that's definitely a key component that you would want with a game like this, right? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I think of yeah, those, Boy if, and if Celeste, it right? If it right away, if it isn't right away, then your game is kind of screwed, I think. Yes, and you're just going to get upset and mad and you're going to quit. So um, yeah, that is so. the nice thing, right? Any you, kinda... Even when you finish the level, you just push A and it, you know, instantly, well, not instantly, but, you know, just loads the next level and you're right into the next level and you're going again. So it kind of makes that addictive kind of quality, right? Where you just keep on going because there's not really a stopping point, right? It's not like Mario where you finish the level, then, you know, it gives you your score, then it fades to black, then you walk to the next level. You know, it's it's very just yeah. instant. You go level to level to level, screen to screen. Um, there's no story or anything, so it's just pure platforming. Um, I will say, you know, uh, as much fun as I had with this game, I. I just kind of kept thinking back to some other um, platforming games like, you know, that came out last year, like Celeste and just going like, like Celeste does, you know, the platforming, it has the difficulty and challenge that this game has I'm looking for, but it looks way prettier. Like it has way better music. Like it just has some of the kind of those, those bells and whistles that, um, you know, isn't really there with this team uh, that, you know, it's kind of a one man team making this game. Like the graphics and art style music is very, kind of simplistic and it's nothing you know it's nothing terrible but it's that's not why you're playing the game if that makes sense yeah yeah um, is there a, are there any kind of collectibles or anything like that that you're trying to gather no or is no, it no just collectibles getting through straight through the levels yeah okay. th that would have been something i that i think yeah we would have would have added to that replayability and the difficulty right um is if you know there's mm -hmm. oh well, there's a little box over here you can grab um you know and maybe if you unlock those you can unlock different backgrounds or, you know, some type of, you know, bonus or something. I think that would have, yeah. um, that would have yeah. been cool. But yeah, there's, there's 150 levels. So there's a lot of levels to go through. Most of them are pretty quick, um, but there's 50 easy, 50 normal, 50 hard. Um, and I appreciated you unlock the normal and hard levels um, without having to beat all of them from the last tier. So like, I think after beating the first 10 levels of easy, you unlock normal. And after the first 15 normal, you unlock the hard ones. So you know, I kind of got bored okay. with the easy ones once I learned the mechanics, and I would skip ahead, you know, to the more more difficult ones. But, um, but yeah, it's 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 a good game if you're looking for a good platform. It's it's ten dollars. It's on um, all platforms now. Um, you know, I my kind of like summary is, you know, it harkens back to the birth of kind of the indie platformer games with, you know, like Meat Boy and N Plus um, in, in games like that. There's simple controls and the difficulty um, provide a lot of replayability for platformer fans. So if you're a platformer fan, you're looking for a game, you know, you've, you've played a lot of those other games already. I think this will scratch that itch. Um, but uh, yeah, um, check it out. It's uh, $10. You can get it. It's called Almost There, um, the platformer. Cool. Um, Sounds good. So this next game we're talking about, I'm so excited about because... Uh, we got to review Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. And if you know, like, if you know me, right, like, I love the original Toe Jam and Earl. Like, it's such a weird game. It's such, like, a cult classic, right? And uh, this game is, like, such, like, it just brings so much nostalgia back from that first game. Like, I just had to get out of the way. Right? Like, you're talking to someone who has so much love and nostalgia for the original game. And I'm happy to report, like, this game, the new Toe Jam and Earl game is like perfect if you love that original game like there's pretty much nothing that i would change to this game because it is you know everything good and bad about that original game is pretty much here and present in this one. This, is, this is like pretty much just a modern remake of the original toe jam mineral um yeah so like if you've never played any of the toe jam mineral games and you play this game like i don't know if you like it like it's definitely a very unique game that there's not really any other games like it and it's yeah. well, so has a weird sense of humor I, I just so wanted... I want to jump in quick here because I play I played it with you this past weekend at your house. I played it yeah. for a little bit, and it is just such a unique take on a game because you know, it's like a three quarters perspective. Um, and I kind of was like, wait, what am I supposed to be doing? And you're like, oh, you're just literally wandering around a level looking for an elevator to get to the next level. Yes. And, <laughs> and you're fighting these little monsters that you have to avoid. 
and then like you have to like look for presents and shake and like eat food and stuff like that like it's it's very very strange and different from like every other game i've ever played as yeah. far as what you're doing and kind of the concept yeah of it. i was i was you know talking about the game a little bit on twitter and i i i got someone who mentioned it's like so like 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 what would you compare the game to like i'm just like there's not really anything i could compare it to like it's not really like any other game it's very unique in that way um but yeah you're you basically you've crash landed on earth and this is a very weird earth where the earthlings are all these crazy stereotypical like earthlings that half of them are good and can you know help you like for example gandhi g who just floats there and is a gandhi who protects you amongst the circle of flowers um, there's Santa with a jetpack who you chase after him and he drops presents for you. Um, there's a man in a carrot suit who will level you up when you get enough experience. Um, and then there's all the bad earthlings, which I, I find is the real hilarious characters because, you know, there's, um, an evil mailbox that will come and attack you. And he's one of the most, you know, terrible enemies in the game. You have a bunch of goo, uh, a flock of geese that runs around with army hats and a cannon that shoot eggs at you. Like, there's an evil dentist with a drill who cackles and runs trying to drill your teeth. And just, like, just all these just completely random, like, I tried counting. There's over, like, 30 different, like, random Earthling characters in this game. There's just so many. And every time you Do play you the know? game, it's random. So, like, yeah. it's completely you know? fresh oh. every time. That's super cool. Do you know... Um... Do you remember, like, are all of these characters, were they all in kind of the original Toe Jam and Earl um, games? There, or there's there's some of them new, but... make mo- some new ones? Yeah, they definitely returned pretty much all of them from the original. Yeah. Okay, but there's also some new ones that they came from. Yeah, there, there's definitely some new ones. Like, okay. there's there's a, one of the new ones is, like, a fanboy, and he, like, has, like, a Toe Jam and Earl, like, shirt on, and he has, like, a sign, or, a, a, like, a poster, and he goes, like, oh, my gosh, sign my game! And he, like, runs around to you and is, like, <laughs> he's, like, a fan... And so they just have tons of different new weird ones. They brought back all those classic ones from the back. Like the hula lady was the most evil one from the original. Cause you get near the hula lady and you start doing the hula dance and it can be fun. But then like, if there's, if you get a hula lady when you're next to the elevator and there's all these other enemies, like you'll just be helplessly standing there hooling, trying to escape her spell and all these other, you know, bad characters will come and destroy you. So, um, things can go like south very, very quickly as we, as we found out, Nathan, as you found out the, when we played together. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we were like, you start out the first couple levels and I'm like, Oh, it's pretty easy. This, this isn't too hard. And then once you get a little bit further on, it's like the enemies get thick, very, get thick and fast very quickly. Yeah. But, um, um, ultimately this game really shines in the co-op. Um, you know, I wouldn't really recommend it yeah. if, if you're going to play primarily single player, unless you're a huge fan of Toe Jam and Earl. Um, but co-op wise, this game is an awesome co-op game to play with a buddy. Um, you know, it's, you, you just don't take the game seriously. You just walk through the, you know, the worlds. Uh, there's about 25 levels before you kind of beat the game. Um, and you can randomize it and, you know, add difficulty and play with different characters. And um, just playing it with a friend is awesome. You can each kind of explore and go off to different parts. Um, you know, if for some reason you fall off or go in an el- evil elevator that chomps you down to the, <laughs> to the bad world you know you kind of can each be on a different level even which is which is pretty cool um and there's even online play and there's quick chat options that i uh discovered today that you can kind of communicate with other people and you can do online up to four players which i think is is pretty rad oh that's cool um but uh but yeah it's totally totally weird totally random humor um uh, but like i said if, if you're a fan of the original like just stop listening go get this game this is going to be exactly what you remembered um, but with just, you know, some more deep mechanics and, um, uh, you know, more, uh, more just kind of fleshed out for modern consoles. But, you know, th- this game was made by the same kind of creator and team of the original and it was kickstarted. And so like this game is totally just a labor of love towards, you know, those original Toe Jam and Earl games on the Sega Genesis. And, you know, the soundtrack is still got a lot of those same funky tunes that you remember, but with, you know, new recordings, um, and, you know, we're going to play a little bit here at the end of the show for you guys, but love the funky music. It's, you know, game totally just returned to form. Um, really funky randomized co-op is just a must play if you're a fan of the originals. So we are going to move into segment four. what we're playing. Nathan, I know you've been playing one of your all time favorite games in honor of a certain anniversary. So share with the listeners. What are you playing? Uh, I have been playing Breath of the Wild. It's true. I went back <laughs> to it 
uh yeah in honor of the two-year anniversary i was like you know i want to go back to it i i'd done most of the the uh champions dlc but hadn't finished it off ever so oh, okay went back in sunday the the two-year anniversary exactly and uh beat the dlc completed it got the uh legendary um motorcycle i forget what it's called yeah so do you have to like finish like everything in the dlc before you get the motorcycle or is that like part of a quest or so you don't have to finish everything in all of the dlc but basically it's the reward you get for beating the champions ballot okay. dlc which was the second dlc pack that was released so gotcha. um and i will say the cha- like that dlc is pretty fun like the kind of shrines that you do to go through it are a little bit um they're a little bit more in depth than the other shrines, and you get to finish off with like another basically um, divine beast dungeon style. Oh, thing. nice, so, cool, pretty cool. Yeah. So, but the dude, the the motorcycle is hilarious because it can drive like up <laughs> almost anything. So you can Wait, you can like drive up mountains? Up. Yeah. So you can, unless it's like completely like vertical straight up. Like if there's any incline at all, like you can pretty much go up anything. And it'll drive <laughs> That's <anywhere>. fun. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it goes really fast. And so there's like, oh, you, you've fun. done everything in the game here. Have this motorcycle that yeah, breaks exactly. it, the it's traveling. Like, hey, you've done everything. <laughs> you know, you don't need to worry about this. Have this. Have this. You also have to fuel it, which is kind of funny. So you just like fuel it with materials. That's so. funny. <laughs> it <laughs> makes like, sense. Oh, I have like 500 blue blobs. Let me put five of these in here to, to fill it up. So, <laughs> not nice. So enjoying going back to that uh, that, that uh, yes. great game. Uh, game is just so so great now that now that i beat the dlc i kind of want to start a new playthrough and start fresh again yeah. i've been kind of itching to, to go back well, yeah you, so. you have access to a uh, hard mode right with the dlc yeah yeah hero mode um, or whatever I'm, it's called i'm kind of scared to do hard mode because i know like there's lionels in the uh the beginning area like on the plateau and yeah so i'm like <laughs> i don't know if i'm ready for hard mode or not so we'll Thank see you. if i jump Mode I'd give it a shot, you know, give it give it maybe a couple hours, and if it's not your thing, then you can bail. But I mean that that's that was part of the fun for me, right? For Breath of the Wild, the first time playing it was that difficulty spike in the very beginning of just you know I have yeah, nothing, you, you got to scavenge. It's like a survival game, right? Like that was yeah, that was really like cool. The first four, three, four hours. Yeah, I feel like if I went back and started it just on normal again, like I wouldn't feel like that anymore since I already understand you know the mechanics and have done. You know the mechanics, yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Very cool. Uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, the other game I've been playing is Moonlighter. So I talked about this a little bit on the show, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I have almost beat the first. There's five dungeons. I've almost beat the first one. I wasn't quite able to beat the final boss, but getting closer and kind of still upgra- upgrading my character. Um, I've unlocked some new, a uh, couple new weapons and some new armor and stuff like that. So that game still is like a nice game to just jump in for and yeah. do a couple runs just no, like yeah, any that, good rogue roguelike the gameplay loop in that just looks like it's so addicting and just like <laughs> you never want to stop right yeah it is because it's like constantly know, going as soon as you do a couple of runs in like in a dungeon then you're like oh i'm gonna go back to shop in my shop and kind of sell my stuff and then be able to have enough money to buy some upgrades or grew some potions or enchant something that i have so and yeah. then, yeah, well, then once you get that new stuff, right, you want to go back in and try it out. I'm like, okay, I want to try, try it out. How's it work? Like, yeah. how does it feel? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's definitely got that good uh, roguelike hook a hook in me, and uh, I anticipate continuing to uh, play it, hopefully get further. Very cool. You'll have to keep us updated what? on your progress. Yeah, um, yeah, I will. But uh, that's kind of what I've been playing, Jeff. What about you? Um, yeah, I've, uh, I've been playing a new VR game called Castle Storm VR. And uh, it's a it's an indie game. It's made by uh, the Zen Zen uh, Studios, <laughs> which you know best known for Zen Pinball. Um, but they make other games, and uh, Castle Storm is pretty cool. It's pretty simplistic gameplay wise. You're, you're pretty much you know defending your castle, and troops from enemy castles are going over across the screen to yours. You're shooting, you know, ballista arrows. You can deploy troops and. You shoot rocks, kind of like Angry Birds style, to destroy the other team's castle or capture the flag to win battles, and um, it's just like a really, really relaxing, like chill VR game, which I don't really have. Like most of my VR games are like, you know, action oriented or like very story based and stuff. So it's kind of nice to have this nice little VR game where you can just kind of relax and you know, play a simple game like it feels like it could be a mobile game right like it's <laughs> there's not a lot to it but i don't mean it's a knock like i i've kind of in, enjoying that be able to just sit down in a chair and not you know 
dance around like in Beat Saber, which, you know, is a totally different yeah. Uh, yeah. mood exactly. to be in, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Castle Storm VR, check it out um, if, you, if you got PSVR. And then uh, I found found a hidden gem on uh, Xbox Game Pass. Um, and the, it's a game that came out on the Wii like over a decade ago. And I remember reading about it in Nintendo Power. Blocks? No, not Boom Blocks. No, I, I think I actually have that game somewhere, but I've never played it. I, I don't even know where I got it. Um, but it is called The Blob, and it's a old uh, Ubisoft oh, game. Oh yeah, I, I remember reading stuff about that. Yeah, and I really, really like it. I have no idea why I never, never got it before. Like, I, it's like you're kind of painting a white. Is that? Yeah, like it, I mean, it's it's pretty much a platformer that's you know based around painting uh, like little city blocks, right? So. You're this little blobby character, and it's pretty much just A to jump, and you there's a little paint can that's like basically around the city, and the basically the story is you know there's these evil little gray policemen who sucked all the color out of everything, so you know you hit a red paint can, your blob turns red, and then you just go splat yourself into trees, buildings, billboards, benches, anything you find, and it starts painting those things red, right? And as you kind of just it- go through, it just you kind of just blob up the whole world and make it different colors and there's collectibles and there's little mini challenges every, you know, 20 feet that you go through. And it's just a really fun little platformer game. Like, is I, it a, is I really it a 3D platformer? Like it. Yeah, it's 3D. Platformer? It's 3D. Yeah. 3D. Okay. So yeah, think like little mini kind of like Mario 64 type size worlds where mm-hmm. you kind of start one and then basically you have to just blob up and paint a certain amount uh, percentage of that area and then it unlocks the gate to move kind of the next little area in that world and the levels you know can take anywhere from 10-15 minutes if you're just kind of going through as quickly as you can or if you're like me you're just like that really tall building over there hasn't been painted yet and I see something shiny at the top I will find my way to the top or um, oh there's a challenge here to you know uh, fill up myself to 50 red blobs and then you know I can activate this special building that will give me a perk or something so um, it's just a really relaxing, fun game, fun 3D platformer that I'm probably going to keep playing because I love platformers, and this is a really solid 3D platformer, and the vibe is, like, it's got, like, this really awesome kind of, like, live jazz music as you play, so, like, I just really like the relaxing, like, <laughs> that vibe of it. When you start the level, it lets you choose, like, what kind of, like, theme you want to go to the level. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's got, got a little multiplayer mode in there, too, and some free play and stuff, which I've messed around with a little bit, but... Yeah, like I said, this is like a hidden gem to me because I've heard of the game. It's been out for forever. It's not a new game, but I'm just now discovering it, and I'm just like, why have I not played this before? I love it. Yeah, yeah, sounds sounds like a, a great game that you would enjoy. So. Yeah, if they cool. if they get this one, I know they made a sequel too, which I haven't tried. But if they put this game or the second one on Switch, like I would I would buy this like instantly on the Switch. Like it would be <laughs> yeah. great to just have have it on there. For some reason, my Xbox doesn't let me suspend this game. I don't know what the deal is. So. I've had to oh, restart really? the first two levels twice because I suspended it halfway through the level. But even mine, because it was so much fun just going back through it and you know jumping around again. So um, fun game, I cool. uh, really enjoying that. And then uh, did want to mention uh, Destiny did get its new uh, seasonal update uh, uh, today, and I have played uh, just about an hour or two of it. Um, so I haven't gotten that far into it, but they added a new uh, game mode to Gambit, and so. There's a new Gambit Prime mode, which Gambit was kind of one of my favorite things they did with, you know, Forsaken and Destiny 2. It's, I, I think, one of the best modes Bungie's really ever made. And uh, Gambit Prime basically just mixes it up so it's a lot shorter. Like, the rounds don't take over 20 minutes anymore. They're, like, 10-minute max rounds, which is nice. Um, and then it's a little bit more sweaty in a way where it's more competitive. Um, but that being mm-hmm. said, since it's shorter rounds, I... I don't really mind it, you know, being more competitive in that way. And it changes up the strategies because, you know, if you're someone like me who's put, you know, a dozen hours into just the regular game mode, um, you know, there's you pretty much have figured out exactly the best way to do that. And so now it's kind of reengaging that brain to think, okay, what's the best way we can defeat this boss and, you know, strategies to go in with your team. And um, it changes the ways you you kind of play the game and you get basically these little moats that you go into a horde mode and you put them in there and it gives you new armor and then you go back into gambit and the armor will give you class set perks 
and then you go back and you do it. And you kind of just keep going, unlocking new armor, unlocking new class sets, and it's kind of this this addicting gameplay loop that I can see myself getting sucked into over the next <laughs> couple of weeks. So. You're, you're back into Destiny. Yes, early impressions are good. You know, we'll we'll see see how I'm feeling. You know, a couple of weeks from now, if it's still still as much fun. But um, the one thing I I just wanted to quickly say about it is th- that there's class set bonuses in armor for Destiny. Like this is a first for Destiny. Like we've never had that before. But you know, and you know, I played a lot of Diablo, and you know, a lot of big other MMO and um, you know RPG games. Right? They'll give you class set bonuses when you get certain gear. And we finally have that in Destiny, where there's, you know, you get all the sets of a certain thing, and it will give you certain perks when you're playing that specific game at Prime mode. And so they do some really, really crazy things with those perks, and they kind of made a lot of them really powerful and really unique. And because they're only specific to this game at Prime mode, like, you know, they didn't have to worry about it breaking other parts of the game. Um, so they did it in a really smart way, and I'm, I'm really excited to really dig into that over the next couple of weeks. And Get back into Destiny. <laughs> have you have you like unlocked any sets yet, or? Um, I've unlocked. Um, so basically, right now you can only lock the, the tier one of the sets. Okay. Um, so I have basically the tier one of all of one of the sets except for One Piece, uh, which gives me the first perk, um, which I think my Reaper perk makes it so I highlight high value targets, um, and then enemies. I think my allies can do more damage to them as well. So it's kind of like a. A little passive perk that you get when you wear them but the cool thing will be you know as they continually add more tiers of the armor they get more powerful and you can mix and match the different class perks with different ones to you know find what the best combination is for your play style and stuff so i could just see myself doing all these like min maxing and like you know oh gosh. trying of all these different things which i'm normally not super yeah. into but like i i can see myself getting into that with uh, all this class sets and i i think it'll be fun and the best part is i could play all this content when it released you know the second it released i was able to jump straight into this new game modes which did not happen with the last destiny season they locked the day one content behind like you had to grind random stuff for like 10 hours before you could play it so good to see them uh make it playable right away so anyways that is what we have been playing um thank you so much everyone for listening to the show this week Uh, We appreciate you listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Hopefully we'll have uh, all three of us here on the show for you. And we will leave you with Rap Master Rocket Racket by Cody Wright from Cody Eminero back in the groove. You enjoy this funky music, and we're out.